Welcome back to The Body Podcast, where we talk strength, conditioning, lifestyle, and everything in between. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode, part one with Randy, because now we are diving into part two, and it's going to be good. Randy, welcome back to part two. It's been a while. I know. It's been quite some time. Glad to be back. (laughs) Three minutes. Three minutes. (laughs) Well, hey, so yeah, we're getting to it. Where we left off last time, you were traveling Europe. So you leave Europe, 2018, you decide on Arizona. Yep. Because so, the W. Yeah. Cause, cause <laughs> the DW. That's the only reason why. Uh, R&R no, like, you know, for me, it was it was the closest big city to my parents. Uh, you know, they're in their 70s. I want to be close to my parents. Um, and again, like I said before, I'd been coming out to Scottsdale. Um, my best friend had a place out here. A lot of my friends lived here. And... Um, Scottsdale kind of was was a like a, a thank God like uh, one of the best real estate agents I, I've ever known ever worked with uh, Rachel Krill she's she's local to here to Arizona um, she had worked with me on on a deal in North Carolina just advising me you know and so I knew that I wanted to work with her when I came here and I was originally looking at Gilbert I was like hey I'm I'm 34 35 I'm ready to settle down and get married I'm gonna buy a house in Gilbert today <laughs> everyone like said, every every guy you know, I'm gonna buy a house in Gilbert today and then I'll meet the woman of my dreams. Thank you, Rachel Krill. Thank you, uh, God, everybody, everything, the universe for not buying a house in Gilbert. I would not have wanted to experience the last few years in Gilbert as a single person. My buddy Alan, yeah. I went to buy mine, he goes, I was like, well, it's I can get a bigger space, mm-hmm. same amount of money. Mm-hmm. He goes, you're going to just be Ubering here every weekend. Literally. Just buy a place here. Like, Literally. You, you idiot. That was Literally. Like, what am I going to do? Go down to like downtown Gilbert with, uh, the, with, the, with the moms? Yeah. You know? Again, it's, if friends that have married now have a kid, they, they sure. might get it. Yeah. But I have a friend that was like, I'm going to go to Gilbert. It's a little closer to work. Like, yep. you know, all this stuff. Oh, six months later, like I'm back in Scott. Like mm-hmm. it's just, everyone's here. It's easier. It's it, it just, it, you don't have to go out to old town yeah. to have a good time. You know, yep. it's like, it's just, everyone's here. Gilbert was also one of my primary areas of work when I first came back. So again, my mind was all Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert. And then we reshot that as myth. We, we changed our, our buy box and our search, search demographics and was able to find a really good place in, in, nice. in Scottsdale. So yeah, December, December 2018, I move here. I, I close on the deal. Uh, I move into my, my condo like a good, typical ex-military guy. I throw uh, a field pillow and a sleeping bag on the ground. I have zero furniture. And I had no furniture for like a year. I had a, a lawn table that they had left at the condo that I moved inside as my workstation. <laughs> and I had a tough box, uh, just a big black box with my stuff in it. I put the lawn table on it so I could have a stand-up working desk. And that was it. I lived like that for quite a while. Um, what, what people don't know about guys is, and I didn't know when I bought my place. Yeah. I thought I'd go to the furniture store. I buy my place. I go to the furniture the next day, and I thought we'd get sent to my house because I, yes. I want that couch. Yeah. Like, well, that's a that's just for show. I'm like, well, where yeah. is it? Like, oh, we got to send it. Yeah. When? Seven to ten days. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> seven yeah. to ten days to get my furniture. I can't. I, yeah. I, so I'm sleeping on my, I was like, I didn't yep. know it take seven to ten days yep. to get all this stuff. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Uh, and so, and yeah. then you, obviously you're in Europe, and you have loads of clothes, right? That yes. You just haven't, you're, yep. and you're shipping it over. So you have yep. everything you could possibly need here yeah. from there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've got, I came here with a couple bags of clothes, uh, didn't have any possessions. So I just lived abroad for five years. Uh, and really it was just like, yeah, I don't care. I don't need to buy anything. So 
Yeah, we kept what we call like the team house. Uh, my, my condo in Scottsdale uh, kept kept the team house vibe till recently. But um, ultimately, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I moved back here, and now mind you, like I am at the time, I am grossly overweight. I have literally just been screwing off for four or five years. So I went from being a, a highly competitive CrossFit athlete. I competed at CrossFit regionals on three different uh, regional teams. Um, two times actually competed. The third time I was the alternate and the coach. Um, at being a U.S. Army Green Beret, fitness, 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 to I'm eating this thing called Gnefe in Lebanon, which is like like a, a toasted bun with sugar. They call it ashta, like sugar, water, and um, gold, perfectly golden brown fried cheese in there, just probably like 5,000 calories in one. I'm like slamming two of those a day. I'm going out in nightlife and, and having a great time. So up to Scottsdale. I am fat. I am just grossly over- overweight. Uh, I haven't really worked out in a while. You, you put a shirt on. You're yeah. just like, this is a little oh, yeah. tight. You, I've been yeah, there. Like, put, like, this like, is a little like tighter my, than my, my, my chest was shaking in, in <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong directions. Um, so I go for a run. I'm like, hey, I need to start burning some calories. I'm in Scottsdale. So I go for a run. And I run past body. And I'm like, oh, that place looks pretty cool. You know, uh, I kind of stop on my phone, look it up. It's like, oh, this place looks dope. You know, so I walk up to the door. It's noon on a Saturday. You know, noonish on a Saturday, I pull up the door and it's locked. And there's two two young ladies inside. Um, and it was uh, it was Hannah and Ryan. Uh, if, if you know Hannah and Ryan, so uh, Hannah Ryan, I, I, front desk, yeah, yeah. I, I love you both. You guys are amazing. Um, but we're about but, to roast you. Yeah, about, <laughs> about, you're about to get roasted. Um, so they're cleaning up, vacuuming, doing whatever they're doing. Now, again, mind you, I'm just coming back from Lebanon. So in Lebanon, if you show up to a business and they just closed, dude, they would open up their doors and feed you. They would if you're showing up to a the, the best suit place that charges $10,000 a suit and you show up and you're ready to buy a suit, they're going to open up those doors. They're going to say, you know, you're most welcome. Come in, my friend, give you a coffee, give you a snack. And you're you're going to get service. So again, culture shift. I'm coming from that to Scottsdale. Hannah and Ryan, love you guys. Um, and they're just like, like, I can see them signaling, like, we're closed, we're closed, like, I can't hear you. So I just start, like, talking right, louder. This fat fucking I'm, dude yeah, from Lebanon dude from trying Lebanon. to get in. Yeah, so I'm, to break I start, the, surprised sorry. they didn't call the cops. I'm just, me too, me too, literally, literally. So I'm surprised they didn't get shot. You know, I'm, like, pulling on the door and, like, waving, like, I know you can hear me. So finally Ryan comes up and I'm like, uh, we're closed. And I was like, yeah, like, how do I get a membership or what's, could you have like a printout or something? Like, no, uh, just go online and sign up. Everyone just goes online and signs up. I was like, okay, like when's the next class? Monday at 6 a.m., but it's probably full. And I was like, okay, like that's a weird, and this should just close the door. Like, do you have anything else? Okay, bye. I was like, well, that's kind of rude. But uh, I was like, well, welcome, welcome home. And so it took a week for me to get, you know, the, the class pass or the free class or whatever. So it's now a week later. I signed up for Monday at 6 a.m. Uh, it's, you know, mid-December. Uh, Christmas is right around the corner. I jump into a class with uh, Kaylee. She's, Kaylee's the instructor, 6 a.m. Uh, Sarah J. Whipple had just coached a class. Kaylee was coaching the 6 a.m. So I'm just seeing these, like, two, like, uh, again, no, no disrespect, these two, like, like hardcore, psychopathic, you know, blonde, uh, petite instructors just, like, hurting sheep. And, and, and if you're not old body, you don't realize that the classes used to start and end on the hour. So it was 100 people physically trying to push out of the building while the other people are physically trying to push in. You're literally like, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, sorry, move, move, excuse me, sorry. And you're just trying to get signed in and get on, get into the class. So my first experience, I'm just like overwhelmed right off the bat, like 
Oh my freaking God. There's so many people here. I just saw 200 people. And again, mind you, I came from a CrossFit world where even when I had my own brand and everything, the biggest gyms I knew of had like 150 total members. And that's when you were like crushing it. And I just watched 200 people swap spots at 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. And I'm one of these sheep. So I I get into class. Uh, Kaylee just absolutely crushes my soul. It's a sweat class. The whole time I'm thinking like, and I'm just looking at all these like, you know, again, the typical Scottsdale body female is just a, a, a killer man. Like the women at body are like, I feel like physical studs. And then the men are all kind of like Scott, just pretty much like <laughs> unathletic. Um, <laughs> just a bag of milk. Just a bag of freaking <laughs> milk. wet potatoes, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's still going to become the roast of Scott. It's like, it's, we're actually not having the pool party. Hey, it's hey, somebody, gonna a, somebody's got to roast, a roast of Scott. Look, here. I've listened to every episode and everyone just brought it up with Scott. I got to roast yeah, him. Yeah, no, I got to humble this mother. I got to bring him back down, down, down to earth. So, um, all these women around me are just crushing it. And I'm just thinking like, don't cramp and die. Don't <laughs> cramp and die. And then I take my second class with body and it's with lo and behold, Sarah J. Whipple, who nearly tries to kill me as well. And after almost being killed twice by these two instructors, I said, I must pay for a year in full. So if you, you know, obviously you know that I, I like a little pain. Um, so I immediately went to the counter. I was like, I want to pay in full. And I remember having the cash. And, and again, it was like, Hannah, I was like, ah, uh, I, I can't take that. Like email them or something. You know, she's like, stuff. I'm like, like, my God, you front desk ladies are killing me. Yeah. Um, but this, before you don't know, the people that, again, new to body, yeah. like the newer, the co- post-COVID, COVID time, yeah. there were a hundred people. And this is when people went to sweat class over strength. Yes. Like strength class was usually the opposite. Yes. Now it's, I think, uh, you know, now people understand that, yeah. sh- you know, yeah. lifting it was, it was is a lot better. It was pretty near to get into yeah, sweat. Yeah. It was, it was hard to get into sweat yep. class. 5.30 PM, the classes were full, the 5 and 6 AM one. And it's. On the dot, it was five and six. So class would yes. end at like five fifty-five, and you had to literally get a bunch of people out the door, hundred yes. people out, and a hundred people yes. checked in class. And there were what thirteen people waiting to get in waiting. Class. Yeah. So that yeah, my first class, there was like 13, 14 people that didn't make it in class. So I'm standing in the corner at this time. I'm not like Mr. Dancer, have fun. I am like. I don't want to die in this class. Be quiet and get out of the way. And you know that didn't obviously we, we know that didn't last very long. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was very intense. Uh, but I loved it. I loved it. And again, I signed up here in full right away. And the best thing about that was you you said I went to like a noon or an afternoon class and it was like a completely it was like the fun party. Hey, I work nine yeah. to five. I'm just here yep. to have a good time. Yeah. Like no, what it was it was uh, it was a six p.m. class. I, I like my third or fourth class. I went to an evening class. Well, no, no, no let me back up. Um, I didn't go to evening class third or fourth. It was like I, because of my new tempo of work and everything here in Arizona and Scottsdale, uh, I was going to 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. for my first couple of months. It was after month three when I went to an evening class and was like, oh my God, these people are having fun. Because <laughs> I just spent the last three months feeling like I was in an intense, advanced course for the military, you know, between Sarah and Kaylee and then the occasional Maddie who again, uh, love them all. You know, it's like, they were just like morning savages. Like, don't talk to me. I'm here to start the clock, give you a demo and yell at anybody who stops. Mm -hmm. Like imagine the way that like Scott and I like kind of have fun in class. We we always keep moving. So don't get it twisted. But, but even back then it was like, shut your mouth, Randy. 
just move in silence, you know, like be quiet and do the Romanian twist faster and harder. So yeah, after fast forward two, three months, I take an evening class and Nikki happened to be teaching that class and Nikki's just going crazy. She's Nikki. And I'm like, I remember being like, please don't look at me. Please don't say my name. You scare me. And I don't, I don't think I, I think I knew, but didn't fully know that she was the owner and it was like her jam, her brand and you know, her whole resume by this part point. I just love body. I'm, I'm sold. Like I said, full year membership paid upfront. I'm all about it. And then Nikki said something to me and then we start chatting and then like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I got recognized by Nikki, you know, and I'm following body and following Nikki on social media. And again, social media is new to me. You know, I, I, I don't know cultural norms or, you know, how things work here. And then body follows me, Nikki follows me and I'm like, Oh man, this is so cool. And then I remember like one day, like I, I just like kind of cut loose cause I like to dance. I like to have fun. I, you know, I am a bit of a jokester and I started having fun in class and you know, like a couple people were just like, what is this guy doing? Like I, <laughs> I think now like people just kind of tolerate me like I've got my lovers I got my haters but at first it was like people were just like don't do that yeah you're you're disrupting class I, I remember the 5 30 class I used to go after work 5 30 and it was more of just hey we're we're here to we're here we just worked all day we want to get a workout in but we don't want to like you know, we're, don't like boom, 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 boom. Like we're just we're joke around, yeah. talk a little yeah. bit. Nikki ran around like slapping people's asses yes. and stuff. I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. then I went to a 5 a.m. one time when I was like coaching, started coaching. I was like, I can't only work out 5 a.m. I got to go. And I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. No, this, this, morning, this waking up and yeah. just getting, you know, yeah. sheep hurdled over. Look, so. To this day, they know it. And I'm not afraid of you. I'm going to say this proudly and confidently on the podcast. I am not afraid of you 5 a.m.ers, okay? Yeah. Oh. You think that we're afraid of you? We're not. No. We're just silently judging you, judging us. Yes, I exactly. want all of you to know, especially Amanda and the whole crew. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're not afraid, except yeah. Frank and uh, yeah. except for Frank. And, and yeah. they, she'd kill me. Yeah. But well, those, the rest yeah. of you, I ain't yeah. scared of shit. Yeah. I'm not afraid of any of you, yeah. except all of you. Uh. <laughs> But uh, all right, so yeah, so you get your body, then uh, kind of let's go over a little bit what you do for work right now because yeah. it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, I came back to Arizona. I started working in workforce, and what that means is, uh, as a veteran, I was very fortunate to be um, given an opportunity where where an entity just gave me a laptop and a cell phone and said, "Hey, start engaging chamber of commerce and getting a pulse." And, you know, I was working on behalf of the state of Arizona uh, in a veteran uh, role and capacity, and and the state director that I. I was uh, reporting to, she was like, listen, I need to just figure out what's going on with veteran careers in the state of Arizona. We have this robust uh, uh, grant and, and funding, and we I just really feel like we're not we're not hitting the right target. We're, we're not utilizing yeah, it correctly. We're not u- utilizing it correctly. So I got, got the pleasure of my first 18 months back here uh, being a part of the Tempe Chamber, the Scottsdale Chamber, chamber the Gilbert Chamber. I sat on a tech council for Gilbert. Uh, I was a part of the Pima and Pinal County Chamber of Commerce, Yuma County. And so I'm going all over the state, engaging all these different entities and employers. And really, it's the typical sentiment that veterans are, are dumb and, and we're in dire need. And, you know, it's, it's their entry level $14 an hour jobs is the best entry point for a veteran, you know, like, and for me personally, that, that really, really pissed me off. Um, that, that was just the accepted norm from the government at the federal level, government, yeah. state level, nonprofits, and the private sector was a veteran's worth $15 an hour. And I was like, you, you do know that we're making exponentially more money than that on active duty. Um, so for me, I had to 
handle my own emotional response to all of these entities kind of viewing veterans as uh, just a sad handout, you know? And so I started developing a program to upskill veterans. Um, I did that on behalf of Save Arizona. Uh, I wrote this program that said, I don't care if you're uh, a disabled person. I don't care if you're uh, in transitional housing. I don't care if you have a a felonious background or you've been justice involved. I'm going to make sure that you understand how LinkedIn works, how to write your own resumes, not for us to do it yourself, how to do keyword searches, how to do curated searches. And really it's, it's, I showed them how to do the very thing that the military teaches us not to do, which is network. Um, those of you who follow the traditional route and played team sports, you know, if you played team sports and you went to high school and you went off to college, whether you played college sports or not, when by the time you're getting your first job at 20, 22, 21, 22, you've been networking your whole life. You have to network onto that best club sports team. It's not just about who's the best. It's also who who fits in with our culture you know so join a sorority fraternity literally yeah Yeah, it's networking 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 and in the military they teach you not to network you cannot interact with your officers Um, once you're a non-commissioned officer you cannot interact personally with your subordinates so it's a whole different dynamic so really i just said what are the best practices from the private sector on networking and building a personal brand and resume and uh, uh, you know differentiating your hard skills in the military fr- from the soft skills that you acquired throughout your life? Um, built this program and really helped and saw a significant uh, upskilling of, of the entry points and salaries of our disabled veterans and veterans who are in transitional housing. So the state gave me award 2019 um, for you know top performer, blah, 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 all this stuff, innovation. I don't care about awards, but it was just good to know that I collected accurate data, had a a control sample group, had a start point, was able to, through data and systemized processes, increase and and significantly help the lives of those who are in a bad spot. After that, uh, I was recruited by a major nonprofit in the state of Arizona um, to do uh, almost the exact same thing, but this time with a a much larger budget and uh, basically full autonomy. So from February of 2020 until May of 2021, I ran this entity for them for just over a year, um, took a budget. Took a budget and a vision and turned it into a, a scalable, replicable um, model of how to deliver services to anybody. Because it goes beyond veterans. It's yeah. um, when we talk about um, social inequalities of Black and Brown people. Uh, we don't need bullshit degrees. Um, we don't need um, free jobs. We don't need in, inflated titles and in companies. We need to understand that we have to network. And, and I, I don't care if you're a poor white person or a poor black person. If you grew up poor and you're trying to access the white collar world, we don't have the generational networking uh, capacities or capabilities. But the great thing I've realized through data is you can fix that in one generation. You can fix that in you can fix that in in six months. Um, it, it just takes putting the right information in front of people and getting them to understand that. I tell everyone who comes to my organizations, the onus, the responsibility is on you. Nobody cares about you more than you, including us. We're gonna call, text, and email you. We're gonna reach out to you. We're gonna follow up with you. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the ability to put yourself out there then you are going to go take a, a low-paying job. If you don't have the mm-hmm. ability to fight for and negotiate your own salaries, then you're always going to be underpaid, regardless yeah. of, of your gender or, or where you come from. Yep. Yeah. And so if, if you're a current veteran 
at body or you know someone that is and you're helping them find some jobs. Yeah, yeah. They, they can reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, right now we are in a transition where I am reducing my function in terms of uh, I'm removing myself from being like an executive leader and I'm going to focus more on on marketing and employer engagement. But yeah, but anybody, definitely not the finance. Uh, yeah, def- don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible with finances, you know, like uh, not terrible with finances. Like it's just like, yeah. like let, let me rephrase that. Like, uh, I just, I just don't care. Hello, IRS. Yeah, I, I found him. <laughs> I, I just don't care. You know, for me, I'm a vision person. I yeah. cast vision and I execute the mission yeah. and I always find a way to be equitable. But yeah, uh, if you're military connected, so it's not just veterans, it's military connected. Uh, if you're the daughter, the sister, the, the, the aunt, the anything, you know, the son, the whatever of somebody who served in the military, that's what I like about being private sector and having the autonomy to do what I want. Government and nonprofits are often held by official legal titles, or for me, if you just have a military connection, or even if you don't, uh, I've helped people at, at Body, uh, a lot of young young professionals at Body, I've sat with them, had coffee with them, and said, hey, let's change this picture on your LinkedIn to this picture. Let's uh, get out there and add 20 new people in your industry a month and send them meaningful messages and build your brand before you look for the job kind of thing. So the truth is, I just love it. Um, I'm shifting away from responsibilities in the organization, but yeah, I don't care who you are, military or not, if you're in a place where you're transitioning through your career, I follow a model in life, in my business, in my personal life, a Japanese model, a philosophy called Ikigai, and it's really where you combine what's in your head, what's in your heart, what the workforce needs are, and what you're being will- what the world is willing to financially compensate you for, and I build everything that I do around those four things, so it's like, what's in your head, what are your hard skills, what's the knowledge that you have, what's in your heart, what are your true passions, what do you love to do, where do you feel the most creative, loved, heard, seen, all that kind of stuff, and then, then what what matters beyond that, beyond my own head and heart, does that translate to the workforce or what is, what are those job titles or those positions look like? And then based off of my head, my heart, the workforce, what is my salary entry point? Um, you know, you look in the world of recruiting where Scott's at in his career, he, his next entry point in recruiting is going to be exponentially higher than a 22 year old. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they both can't be in recruiting, but Scott may be looking for a directorship or a VP role where a young kid is looking for their first ever job in recruiting. A, a salary yeah. with benefits. Benefits. But, but, the, commission, yeah. but the process is the same. We got to network to the right people. We have to build the right resume. We have to present ourselves in the right manner and choose and select that next opportunity. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about your personal life, and I, I guess let's get into it because it has to do more with the fitness side of things, yeah. the health side of things, I should say. Yeah. You, you gave up alcohol recently. I did. Yeah. yeah. I guess let's talk about that. What, what was the thought process? Because it wasn't. We've talked about this. It's yeah. not. Has nothing to do with. I was a bad drunk yeah. for religious purposes. It had nothing to do with that. You just yeah. were like, you know what? I'm out. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell one quick story. It's a body story. So uh, a couple of ladies uh, from body, a couple of guys and gals from body, like, you know, we were, I think, we were, I don't know what we were doing. I don't know if it was a body bar, bar crawl or something, but a group of us, all body people, uh, wound up together at Riot House. And I'm like buying shots and rounds and shots and rounds. And they're buying shots and rounds and shots and rounds. And, and uh, an individual that's not with our group. So, I, you know, I'll say one of my problems with alcohol or just in life in general is I get very protective of those around me. 
You know, when we're at the body pole party, half the time I'm just looking to see, when I see like a dude, you know, grabbing on a, on a, one of the females from body, I'm like, does she know him? Does he go to body? Does he need to be drowned? You know, <laughs> like that's all I'm thinking about, sober or not. So I'm still working on that. Um, that's why I'm in some, some really quality therapy right now to reduce my, my, Drowning. my, my desire to drown men for, for touching women without their permission. Um, but we go out, we're drinking, we're part of a right house and obviously it's packed as crowd around the dance floor. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, uh, it was weird. I was out with, with Riley and Sierra and, and a few other people, you know, so, you know, you know, some, some, some notable body individuals and this individual kept coming over to Sierra and like trying to dance with her and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to say, Hey, she's good. You know? And he comes back, you know, he's super drunk. And like, hey, she's good. You know? And the third time he kind of like gets my face a little bit and before. Before anyone can be like, it's not that big of a deal. Randy Sierra's an adult. She can handle it herself. Mind you, I don't know them. I just know these ladies go to body and this man is trying to aggress. Bro, I start throwing bows. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. I back it off, off the dance floor. Everyone is shocked. Like, what did you just do? I turn around, like, sneak back in the dance floor, like, keep dancing. And they're just looking at me like, who's this crazy man that just did that? Um, and then the, uh, the guy actually, he got bounced out of the club and we got lucky and no one ever realized that it was me that like punched him off the dance floor. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like, those were like some of the occasions that I said, you know, where I'm at in my life, my, where I'm at in my own personal journey and enlightenment, I, I probably you know, shouldn't be in environments like that. Um, and, and again, I want to say like sober or, or not alcohol or not, I still have to fight that demon to try and protect people without their, their permission or they didn't ask me to protect them. Nobody said, Randy, you are my safeguard tonight. Protect me. Um, you know, but if you do do that, Hey, it's, it's, it's on. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so ultimately, uh, COVID happened, you know, as we all know, and Scottsdale didn't shut down. I mean, it shut down for like what, 90 days. I was seeing someone from body at the time, uh, you know, kind of casually, we stopped talking, we stopped seeing each other. Um, and then everything opened up July of, I think it was July of 2020 all of Scottsdale opened up and you could only like really like buy tables. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I'll go buy a table and it's, you know, a thousand bucks or, you know, 1500 bucks. Great. And myself and 10 of my friends can sit at the club. So we're sitting there and, and I think it just kind of started as like an unintentional thing where I'm, you know, next, thing you know, I'm like buying tables and I'm going to Maple Nash and getting drunk and I'm going to Toka Madera because these were like clubs, you know, so I'm going to Toka, going to Maple Nash. I'm living the Scottsdale life. Uh, I've become very active at the time with Scottsdale Chamber of Commerce. So I'm meeting a lot of other Scottsdale business business individuals and we're all now teaming up. So I'm now, you know, a table with five guys and everyone's throwing cards and we're just having a blast and great dudes. I, I am still friends with many of them to this day, but through all of that, I was just like, man, I've never really enjoyed drinking. I really haven't. Uh, and I, and I, I don't want to speak for other people, but for me, I, I don't particularly love being super social and I really don't like being out at night. I never have, but I had to drink to stay out at night. So it's this like weird thing of I don't want to be out at night, but everyone's out at night and I have to drink to feel comfortable to stay out at night. Now I'm drinking and I'm, you know, losing was this a bit. always were you like this when you were like 25 too? Or yeah. is it or is it kind of you got to like no. 35 no. and then you're like I No, never. There was never a point in my life where I was like, man, I I'm a healthy, responsible drinker and I enjoy it. It was always like 
yeah, I guess I'm going to drink. Like, like, again, you know, sorry for, for my stories, you know, but the military, you know, we'd, we'd say, you know, hey, if we ain't fucking, we're fighting when we go out to the bars and clubs. And I'd be in the background, be like, and I ain't trying to have sex with anybody. <laughs> I'd be like, no, 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 Sal, Sal, the point is to like hook up with girls. Said, That's gross. Like, why would I want to hook up with a stranger in a bar? Like, I can just like, fight. I can just fight somebody. <laughs> like, like, I'm good at fighting, you know? Like, I could fight, so I want to I get, get bloody. And they're like, gosh, dang it, stop bringing him out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so for me, there was never a moment in life where I was like, yeah, I just like, I've never had alcohol in my home. Um, I don't enjoy a cocktail. Uh, alcohol is always a way for me to feel comfortable around the group. And I think it's more of on my own journey, realizing that I don't really want to be around the group. You know, I want to be a, I want to be a husband, I want to be a father. And part of my journey was, well, I don't want a wife who's doing the very things that I'm doing. So maybe I should become an individual for myself that isn't doing these things either. Because if I were her, I'd go, I don't want to be with the late 30s guy who's buying tables for random girls in Old Town. Yeah. You know? Rightfully so. Yeah. So for me, it was I wanted to stop. I would say that I realized I had a problem with alcohol when I wanted to stop and I couldn't. Um, and it became this like, oh, I'm going to have just a couple cocktails. I'm going to have just a couple drinks or I'm going to switch to just tequila and water because it's the healthiest thing. Before you know it, two becomes four, four becomes eight and you're drunk again. You're eating pizza or whatever, you know, at 2 a.m. Um, so ultimately uh, through 2021, I had this internal battle that I wasn't talking to anybody about. Of I want to stop drinking, but I can't. And that's when I was like, wow, this is kind of strange. I never thought that I had like an issue with alcohol. Um, and then I went sober for a couple of months, like two months where I was like pretending to drink because I, I was still trying to go out and be with everybody. And I'm like filling my cup of water and it, and it worked to a degree until my birthday, 2021, uh, on my actual birthday, I said, I'm not going out, I'm not drinking. I went to my friend Didi's house. She threw me like a little birthday party, like literally like her kids. Like, like yeah. I'm like in, in North Peoria, you know, pool, pool party, you know, with a bunch of kids and it's my birthday. You know, all my friends are, you know, have children or living, living, uh, you know, real adult lives. Um, and it was great. And then that Sunday, some, some of my friends and I were like, well, let's just go to um, Hot Chick to celebrate. We'll just be there for like like two hours. Yeah. Like we got there Sunday at like three. And if you know like Old Town, you know like Sunday at three, at Hot Chick's kind of like dead. It's like the in-between time. Well, after being there for two hours, I didn't know you could do this, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm buying a table at, at the hot chick, <laughs> you know, so two, we have tables, yeah, they, they look they, like they, boots to they, me, they, buddy. They, they made one, you know, like, <laughs> uh, it's $1,500 a bottle and we will say that this booth is yours, yeah. you know? So I we'll, bought, we'll give you the NBA 2K game. On literally, <laughs> literally, yeah. Here's $5 and quarters. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> good um, luck in ski ball. <laughs> we bought a couple bottles at, at the hot chick. We went over to the right house. Um, bought another bottle of the right house and then we went over to I think it was bottle blonde bought a couple more bottles and at the end of the, look, at the end of the day everybody that was with me that night had a blast there was no there was no fighting there was no being upset there was no drama um, we we're just literally living our best lives having a great time and you know, it was, it was a, it's a bunch of body people too on on that night and 
And at the end of the day, I woke up the next day with the $9,000 bar tab from the night before, which it's not the end of the world, but it's like, my gosh, I could have spent $9,000 in, in a better way. And, and that was the first time in my life where I had to go to work the next day. And I'm in such an elevated position at the organization at the time that, that there's no accountability over me. So, you know, I, I, I am my own boss. And so I get on the Zoom call with my team and I'm like, hey, everyone, get to work, do your thing. Da, da, da. I got to go. I got stuff to do. And I fell right back asleep. This is like, you know, let's say like our ADM meeting. I fall right back asleep. I had a very important meeting at 1.30 with this, you know, premium employer that we were recording and, and looking to do a partnership with. And I jumped on that Zoom and I... I I get ready to jump on that Zoom at 1.30, and I text my right hand, or my right hand man, uh, her name's Felicia, and I was like, hey, Felicia, I need you to jump on the Zoom with me. I'm not feeling great. I think I have food poisoning. And so she jumps in there last minute, and I start running in the, the meeting, and I'm just, I'm, I'm sick. I'm, I'm hungover. I'm drunk. I'm still, I'm still intoxicated from the night before. And I say, hey, everybody, thank you so much for being here. Da, 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 da. I need to jump out of this meeting. Felicia's going to go ahead and run it. Da, da, da. So she jumps over. She takes over the slide deck. She runs the meeting. And I get out of there, and, and I just start throwing up. I'm, I'm hungover. And I've, I'm, not, I'm somebody who doesn't really throw up from alcohol. So that day... That day, I broke down and I said, I have a problem. Um, I called one of my really good friends, Christopher, who has been sober for a decade. And I said, uh, Christopher, I think I have a problem with alcohol. And I just started crying. And I was like, I, I thought I was sober. I thought I was, you know, not drinking. I went out on Sunday night and just got wasted. And that was the last time that, that I ever got drunk. I'm very fortunate that what, however my addiction manifests, I, once I had that moment where I could call somebody who was sober and say, I have a problem. I don't want to drink like this ever again. It's not worth it. Um, he just said, hey, what, however you need me to show up, it, let me know however you want me to check in on you let me know and i will and so we set some parameters some boundaries you know for both of us and i never went into like an aa or a 12 step and i think if you need those things please do those i don't count sober days um you know again uh, one of my really good friends from body becca when becca and matt got married i i did the champagne toast at their wedding i'm not like Oh my God, I could never touch alcohol again or I'll, or I'll lose it. I'm more of a, I have no business being in a bar or club at night. I have no business uh, buying tables. I have no business drinking two cocktails because now it's been almost two years, you know, and, and I'll say uh, around six months is when my body started to go, ew, gross towards alcohol. Um, so it took me about six months for my body to go, uh-uh. I do not want that stuff in me. Don't put it back in me. So, yeah. And it's one of the things is how are you in, you know, obviously you say you don't go out at night anymore. You don't do that. But you, you probably are around social settings where people are drinking. Yeah, absolutely. How, how do you, uh, is it as bad as people think? Because I know when no. I'm sober sometimes, when I'm sober and I'm, yeah. I'm like going to be the DD or I'm not drinking. Yeah. And around people that are just hammered, I'm like, I get annoyed. Yeah, of course. So, for example, I, I make it an appointment to go to all the body body events. I love body. I want to be. I'm a part of the community. I want to stay an active member of the community. You know, even here um, when when Nikki had uh, Nick and uh, Nikki's uh, birthdays last year, uh, I came here and I just kind of gauged the room. And for me, when people start getting too drunk or the party's going in a different direction, and being the sober person in the room isn't that conducive, I'll just kind of say my exits. And remember. Every, every woman in our society who has children has to continue to, and, and works or, or is social, has to continue to uh, network professionally while pregnant, um, uh, go to social events while pregnant. So I always look at it like women do this all the time. 
whether they were drinking or not before, if you're a woman in the professional workforce uh, and or a highly social individual and you get pregnant, you're not drinking. Yeah. So why can't I, as as an adult, you know, only worry about myself? So you got pregnant. So you went out there and got pregnant. Men can get pregnant. Yeah, and yeah. I got pregnant. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's like, I'm just going to get pregnant here with that stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. So, no, I just kind of looked at it like that. And ultimately for me, I'll say it's it's actually been better. So professional networking stuff, when I'm drinking water, it's a positive talking point because it's not like I had a religious event or a catastrophic event. I just tell people, I believe in the science that says, you know, alcohol is a toxin to the human body and I cut it out with a lot of other toxins. You know, I, I've implemented other things. I didn't just cut alcohol out. I started doing more cold plunge therapy, sauna therapy. Uh, I've done somatic healing work with a dedicated coach. I'm currently taking therapy for, um, it's called TMS therapy with. Uh, ketamine with a psychedelic. So I'm currently doing therapy for my brain right now. And the therapy I'm doing is called transcranial uh, magnetic stimulation to help me regrow neurological pathways in my brain. So for me, again, everything that I'm doing positively in my life says, hey, this has limiting effects if you drink alcohol. So all the positive things I'm doing in my life would say we probably don't want to be drinking alcohol. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I think honestly, it's the quite opposite. For me, with where I'm at, I can be in a room and not crave alcohol. Yeah. If you can't create, if you can't stop that craving, by all means, you're trying to quit drinking. You can no longer be so, social in those events. Yeah. But it's all I've ever experienced that when I'm out, whether it's you know with buddies who drink. I went to a bachelor party in Mexico with friends and didn't drink or partake in any of the festivities. And the only thing that came out of that was my friends are now also reducing their consumption of those things or cutting them out completely because they said, "Wow." Like you were present, you were here with us, but you got up every morning and read a yeah. book and we were hung over, yeah. you know? And, and, and I'll say this too, is I think what people, they, the body pool party, the body bar crawls, yeah. they think, because uh, they hear how fun it is and it is yeah. fun, it's good, but they think everyone's just blackout drunk. Yeah, it's, it's not n- the it's case. Not, there's 300 members going to this event. Yeah. All 300 are not. No. So if you're, if you're not drinking and you still want to go to the events, yeah. go because there are people that don't, or there's people that like. They have a, a, a three-month-old at home that, or a, a three-year-old at home they have to go be. So they're having one or two drinks. Yes. So they're going to be sober. Exactly. They're not going to be obnoxiously drunk. They're, yes, all are going to be some people yeah, that, are gonna, that, that you know, don't know how to handle their alcohol and, and get too drunk. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there are some. I won't say any names. But. But. <laughs> you know but who you are. You know who you are. Uh, we know you. <laughs> but. You all kind of can gravitate, have conversations, and yeah. have a couple of drinks. You know, exactly. There's so exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. Everything people. Some people say like, "Oh, the body poop bars, Everyone gets drugs. Like, no, like, no, not there's, really. There's, there's there's a handful of people that like literally are like, yeah. They, and again, they get excited their first yes. time going out in a while. Maybe they don't go out as much. Maybe they live in Gilbert and they yes. come here three days a week. And it's the first time they get to hang out with everyone. Sure. In a social setting. But not. It's not everyone's not like that. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. So. But, uh, well, hey, thanks for coming on. This is great. Sure. Had a good time. Yeah, same, bro. Um, Appreciate you. Yeah. yeah. Little, next time you come on, you got to be a little nicer to me. I'm going to call my mom. <laughs> no, but, that's not going to happen. Hey, right. make sure to listen, uh, subscribe, leave a review, and the Body Podcast. Thank you all.